They say the fortune is in the follow-up, but how do you actually follow up? (laughs) You're listening to Copy Chatter, the podcast where we talk about all things writing business. We're having a conversation here about freelance writing and freelance writers, and you are invited. Let's chat about business, marketing, dealing with clients, mindset issues, copy tips, and rolling with the changes. We'll also delve into what's going on with this particular writer as I grow and build my own business. Ready to talk shop? It's time for some copy chatter. Those of you who are listening to this podcast live as I drip out the episodes may have noticed that I kind of took a couple of weeks off. This was not intended, and if you are used to the normal sound of my voice, you can probably guess where I've been. (laughs) We had the flu, my whole family had the flu, and it's been really rough, and digging out from a family-wide flu has taken me more time than I anticipated, and my bank of spare episodes was depleted. But anyway, the woes of a podcaster. I'm really happy to be back, and really happy to be sharing these thoughts with you. Because following up is something I don't know that I would say I get a ton of questions about. I get some questions about this, which is good, because people who are asking about follow-up tend to be the ones who are out there doing the work. Um, and and this is a question that you run into, because the advice out there is to follow up and send your follow-up emails and always follow up, and the fortune's in the follow-up. And when you sit down to actually do it, it can be kind of uh, not obvious, <laughs> the right ways to follow up. So what are the right ways to follow up? If the fortune really is in the follow up, as I asked in the beginning, then how do you actually execute it? And um, the good news slash bad news is that there isn't necessarily a right way um, to do it. There are wrong ways (laughs) to do it. And I will share with you some missteps that I recommend that you not take. Um, But there is not necessarily a right way to do it. Um, Every type of clientele, Um, is suited to a different follow-up and every freelancer is suited to a different type of follow-up. But there is kind of a spectrum. There's kind of a range of advice um, where some people say uh, to send one email and some people say to say 10 emails. Um, And uh, and so how do you decide and how do you actually know what to say and what to do? And that's what we're going to talk about now. So to have a truly effective follow-up strategy, you do need to follow up at least once. Um, And in my experience, one follow-up is usually not going to get me a whole lot of response. I tend to follow up maybe twice, maybe three times, because at that point, I know that they're probably just ignoring me. Um, And that's fine. And that is a signal. You know, no response is an answer. So um, if you are going to follow up, you need to commit to following up at least twice. That is my bare minimum recommendation. Um, Sometimes, like if you are responding to um, like a call for applications, whether it's something you saw on social media or something you saw in a job board or maybe a LinkedIn post or something like that, some people will say, um, give us two weeks to decide. And so if that's the case, if they have set the time frame, don't follow up before the end of that time frame. Um, but a lot of times it's pretty open-ended. Maybe you're cold pitching, maybe someone introduced you um, or made a connection and that kind of thing. And then what do you do in those situations where no real time frame is laid out? So in situations like that, you have a little more leeway. You can kind of develop your own process and test a few different 
timeframes to see what works. So the first time frame I would suggest that you test is to follow up in a week. Um, give it a week. Don't talk to them before it's been a week since your initial contact or maybe since your initial response from them. Um, if you are approaching them instead of a connection where there is some kind of mutual exchange, then um, then give it a week from, from your initial send. Um, another time frame that you can play with is every two weeks, especially if you're dealing with people who tend to be very, very busy and you know that this, um, need that they have is not necessarily an urgent one. Now there are some folks who are like, I need a sales page by the end of the week and blah, blah, blah. And so if that is a situation that you're in, I would follow up every 24 hours max <laughs> until you hear back. Um, because they presented this as an urgent situation, um, uh, unless it's over email. If it's over email, I mean, maybe give it like, if you email them in the morning, email them again in the afternoon. Don't be emailing them also at bedtime uh, or anything like that. If you are making contact over something like Facebook Messenger, there's a little more leeway in the frequency that you can use, but still, you don't want to be a pest. Um, so use your best judgment and gauge the urgency of their situation if you can. And then you can adjust your follow-up timeline to that. I am not suggesting that you spam people. I am not suggesting that you pester people. I'm suggesting that you be sensitive to whatever time frame you may have been able to tease out for their project. And if it's an urgent time frame, it's okay to be like, hey, can I help? Hey, let me know how I can help. Um, the more responsive you are in that kind of situation, the more likely it is that you will get the job. But if you're out there pitching and you're kind of sending these cold pitches or letters of inquiry or anything like that, then um, then you need to kind of slow your roll <laughs> a little bit. So follow up in those situations um, maybe once a week, maybe every other week. I don't know that I would let it go much colder than two weeks. Um but again, your mileage may vary, and this is something that's very easy to test, especially if you are actively pitching. Um, you can keep track of your follow-up emails that you send weekly versus every other week and see which gets better responses and see which ones land, land more work. You can get all the responses in the world, but if none of them turn into paid work, then, then it's not really any good. Although that gives you lots of new data that you can mine to refine your pitches and your follow-up emails and whatnot, but I digress. <laughs> um. I, like I said before, I like to follow up about three times. And if I don't hear from someone after that third follow-up, then I'm done. Um, there are people out there who cling to a statistic that suggests that it takes 10 touches f until, um, until I forget exactly what the, what the statistic is, but it's something like it takes 10 touches to be sure that it's a no. For whatever reason, it takes 10 quote unquote touches for someone to respond to you. So like um, if I am trying to work for uh, Julie Stoyan, who's my mentor and I want to work for her, um, I might send her a message that says, hey, I'm not pitching you yet. I just want you to know that I'm going to pitch you soon. And then um, I might add her as a friend on Facebook and then I might join her email list um, and respond to an email that she sends. So that's three touches right there. And then I might send her, um, then I might send her a pitch and then I might send her up to three follow-ups. Um, so that is five, six, seven. So 10 more, three more touches gets me to 10. So I might respond to one of her Facebook posts, 
Um, I, I guess I would probably would respond to like a Facebook post. I might send comment on something she posts on Instagram and maybe answer a poll that she does or something like that. That's 10 touches. That's fairly aggressive. Um, I do know people who will send 10 follow-up emails. I don't have the guts for that. That's a lot of emails to send. Um, and I feel like by the time you get up there to like number seven, eight, nine, ten, nobody wants to hear from you. I have people who follow up with me fairly, you know, they pitch me unsolicited stuff that doesn't work for my audience. And I get all these unwanted pitches and they don't fit. And I just delete. And then like two days later, I get another one. And then two days after that, I get another one. And then like for three weeks, they're sending me follow-ups and it's like, oh, it's a no, please leave me alone. (laughs) So, um, I personally, having been on the receiving end, cannot wholeheartedly recommend sending 10 follow-up emails. But I think for me, three emails is comfortable. Maybe four. Um, some say seven and like I said, others say 10. Um, if you're able to interact on social media, some, somehow or other that may give you more opportunities to interact and become top of mind. Um, and, uh, it may make sense if you use a, like a Facebook marketing strategy or anything like that, it may make sense to start to put out a piece of content or two that kind of speaks directly to this client's needs, not like don't name the person or the company, uh, but maybe publish something about, uh, like if you're pitching for case study work, maybe publish something about um, your case study writing process or something, just, you know, just to get noticed, you never know. Um, it may be easier for someone to connect with you on and follow up with you on social media. Anyway, so again, lots of opportunities for you to test this stuff. Um, and following up basically is about getting attention. Just like everything else we do to market ourselves, it's about getting their attention. Just be cool. Don't be weird. Don't be obnoxious. That's the number one rule is don't be obnoxious. Okay, so specific tips for sending follow-up emails, which is really what I wanted to talk about today. Um, the f- number one thing I want you to remember is that you need to be polite and not pushy. Your follow-up emails need to kind of strike the tone of, hey, I'm just checking in. Um, let me know if you have any questions about how I can help you. And, and not, why didn't you respond to my pitch? You guys, y'all would be astonished how many grumpy emails I get from people who are like, I don't understand why you didn't respond to me. Um, and it's like, because nobody asked you, <laughs> you know, I'm busy. I have more important things to do than to send responses to these half-baked pitches that are completely irrelevant and in broken English. And, and the answer is no, please leave me alone. Um, another thing that you can do, and this is something that I've seen recommended for a long time. And it's something that I do with my pitches. I never, um, I always included this. I never tested not including this. So I don't have any kind of comparison results to say it really works or it doesn't work. But this is something I've always done. If I am pitching somebody, I will, I will tell them when I will be back in touch. Um, so I will say, I'll close my email out with something like, um, if I don't hear from you by, um, by next Thursday, I'll check in on Friday, you know, or something like that. If I don't hear back from you within a week, I will, um, I'll check in again to give them a warning. And, and then, you know, if they want to, they can respond and be like, thanks, but no thanks. Um, but 
but more often than not, it can be kind of a relief to, for them to be like, okay, well, I don't have to take care of this right now. This is on the back burner. I will look at this as soon as I get a chance. And then if nothing else, I'll hear from them next week. Um, and then the important thing is if you say you're going to get in touch next Thursday, then you need to get in touch next Thursday. So set a calendar reminder for yourself. Go ahead and set up a follow-up email if you want and use, um, I have an app attached to my Gmail that's called Boomerang where I can like pre-schedule emails and stuff. Um, or I can, uh, pull, I can pull an email, uh, I can like set a reminder so that Boomerang will, um, bring an email back into my inbox if there's no response by a certain date or something like that. Um, so Boomerang's really helpful. I know there are other apps out there, but I don't know what they're called because I've happily used Boomerang for years and years. <laughs> and, uh, that's all I got. Um, another thing to remember, especially if you're doing this whole, if I don't hear from you within a week, I'll get back in touch thing is, um, when you send your, um, final email, let them know that it's the last one. Because sometimes if you are consistent with following up, you kind of become their tickler file where it, be, it becomes easy to not respond to you because they know that you'll send another one next week and surely they will have more time next week to respond to you. Um, so if this is a strategy that you're using, then make sure that the last one you say, this is, this is the last email that I'll send. Um, I'll always be happy to hear from, you know, I'll be happy to discuss your copy needs anytime. Um, but, but this will be the last, um, time that I'll be, that I'll reach out to you, something like that. Um, what you can do with that last email is, um, use this kind of, um, I think I got this from Ed Gandia, this kind of, this line that you put, it's, it's a very short email that you send. And so it's, hey, so-and-so, I assume that your priorities have changed. I would be happy to discuss this or any copy project in the future. Please feel free to reach out anytime. Um, and that's like you saying, I'm not following up with you anymore. If you really do actually want to work with me, then you're going to have to actually say something back to me now because I'm not going to reach out to you anymore. Um, and that whole part about, I assume your priorities have changed can be the spur for them to decide, have my priorities changed? No, I really need this thing done. I better reach out versus, yeah, my priorities have changed. I don't really want to do that anymore. Um, and so that can be kind of a, it's not really a persuasion tactic, but it's like a psychological trigger to get them to respond if they do actually want to work with you. Um, and they've just been lazy or distracted or whatever. Now that is only going to work if you have had any kind of interaction about the project. If you have never heard back from them, you can't say, I assume your priorities have changed because you don't actually know what their priorities were in the first place. You were just sort of testing the waters. So this is great to use with someone who has had an actual conversation with you or at least some sort of interaction with you. And then you close the door and you say, I would love to talk to you about this project or any other project in the future, um, which is nice and friendly. And, um, and you're also saying, Hey, I'm, I'm going to go away. So if you want me reach out anytime. The other thing that people will recommend, and you may have heard of this as your final email. Um, and this also only works if it's something that um, you have discussed, uh, at least on some level, if you have this, so this doesn't work for cold pitching if you never heard from them, but in any other situation in which you have been introduced or they reached out to you or um, they did respond to you initially with some details, 
if you have that interaction, you can send what's called the nine word email. Um, and the nine word email doesn't necessarily have to be exactly nine words, but the idea is that it's very short and very pointed. And so for most of us, um, the, for most of us as freelance writers, the nine word email is going to say something like, are you still looking for a freelance writer? Or it might say, do you still need your sales page written? Or it might say, are you still looking to, are you still interested in outsourcing your email copy? You know, or whatever it is. And it's very short. There's no hi, there's no bye. It's just that one line. Um, and and you speak directly to the thing that they were interested in hiring you to do. Um, and you phrase it in this question of, do you still need this? Do you still want this? Are you still looking for this? Um, and it's really, because it's a really open-ended question, um, a lot of times people feel compelled to respond to it. And they, and they might say, no, but thank you. And they might say, yes, let's set up a time to talk. Um, so basically the idea is to elicit a response and you can see um, kind of where, where things are headed. So that is how you follow up. Do you, you send, I recommend that you send at least three follow-ups and then the final one needs to be final. Um, every single one of them needs to be friendly and courteous and hey, just checking in. Um, there is no expectation. Nobody owes you work. So being huffy and puffy that they haven't responded to you is, is not going to reflect well on you and it's not going to make anyone want to hire you. Um, and it's not really how grownups go about doing business. So I don't recommend you get huffy and puffy. I recommend that you stay upbeat and polite and, um, you know, not pushy. Don't be pushy. Nobody wants to hire somebody who's pushy. So those are my thoughts on how to follow up with cold email. And um, if you have any questions about this episode, you can come join us in the Facebook group. We are the Inkwell Guild on Facebook. You can do a search right there. Or you can go to ashleygainer.com slash Facebook and it will take you right there. Hey, did that sound good to you? If you want to learn more about finding freelance writing clients who are going to pay you well, pay you on time, give you recurring work, and make you really, really happy <laughs> to be a freelance writer, then I have something for you. It is called Client Bound. It is my new course on how to find freelance writing clients. If that sounds good to you, then I recommend that you go to copychatter.com clients and check it out. And hey, there's one more thing. If you like Copy Chatter, if you listen to this podcast every week, and if you feel like it has helped you, would you mind leaving me a review on iTunes or wherever you're listening? That would be really helpful for me, and I'd really appreciate it. So thank you so much, and I will see you all next week.